0: We see that this young man has potential tonight. And let me say this, young people, tonight I don't just see a a tent full of young people. I don't see just a tent full of teenagers. I see a tent full of potential, amen? The devil sees potential in your life tonight, and the Lord sees potential in your life tonight. And who you give your life to, who you give your dreams and your ambitions and your will to, is who is going to get the potential that is in your life tonight. The Bible says, let no man despise thy youth. Please, young people, do not wait until you're 30, 40, 50 years old. Don't wait until you're gray-headed to decide to serve the Lord. But tonight, while you still have the best days of your life ahead of you, still while there's a measure of innocence in your life, still while you've got your health, would you please decide to give your life to Christ tonight? There's so much potential, and that's what this young man had because of his youth. He had much potential. But then the book of Luke tells us that this young man is a ruler. He calls him a ruler in the book of Luke. And so we all not only see his potential, but we see his position. Let me say this tonight. Every young person under this tent and outside of this tent has a position tonight. And what I mean by that is you have the opportunity to lead or to influence another young person around you. Whether you're the leader and you're the one out front, every youth group, every clique, every club that I was a part of and high school, they had that one young man or that one young lady that stood out, that was out front and they were leading the pack, if you will Brother Kirk, they were leading the pack and I'm not a very old man, amen I've got one gray hair in my beard amen, Uh, so I'm still pretty young Brother Jonathan, amen, Uh, but uh, you hear me tonight young people, I know what I'm talking about, Uh, there's always one that's out front and they have that position, but I'll say this also that there's a peer pressure tonight, and so what the direction you go is going to draw a group of people going the same direction. I I regret in high school and and even in some of college where I was going the way uh, that I shouldn't have been going. I was wasting so many days and brother Bob I've got blood on my hands because of that. I had an opportunity in in my young life to lead people to Christ and in high school I piddled around with it but I never gave myself completely uh, to Christ until I got out of school i'm talking about surrendering my life to god i never did that until i got out of high school brother jonathan and i look back and i look at all the opportunities that i could have had uh, to uh, lead others to christ and to influence others to do things for god and to do things for right and now I- i'm getting a little bit of an opportunity to go back to my hometown but I- I- in-, in september to do a big tent meeting there I- but i'm afraid a lot of them's not willing to listen to me anymore because of uh, who i used to be uh, I wasn't bad and I wasn't good. I I wasn't godly. Does that make sense? Here's the thing. Uh, Before we get saved, the decisions between good and bad. But after we get saved, the decisions between good and best. And I believe God wants us to choose the best for our lives. And the best thing you can ever do is take your potential and your position of influencing others and give it to God. Amen. There's a young man... His name is Jacob Beatty. Uh, he uh, he grew up in my youth group when I was a youth pastor. And Jacob, is uh, he's as big as a brick house, amen. He's just one of them stout young men. His dad's actually a bodybuilder. Jacob was following in his dad's footsteps. He was playing football. As a freshman, he was already starting varsity. Uh, I think Brother Chase has met Brother Jacob. And Brother Jacob's neck looks like a tree stump, amen, even to this day. But he was a very strapping young man, and he was building the muscle. He's tall and he was playing his position well. He, had, he already had some uh, some uh, D2 colleges looking at him to play football and probably would have went on the D1 ball. That's just the, the caliber of talent he had. But at 14 years old, God called him to preach. And I'll never forget, Brother Mike, here is this young man in a home that was uh, on his way to being separated or divided, a home that was headed for divorce. And there was much dysfunction in his family at that time. They went away from God and uh, J- Jacob was in that situation and here he is in a public school setting and he is uh, uh, being influenced by all these this negative around him he's playing football which there's nothing sinful about playing football as long as it doesn't take the place of God in your life but here was Jacob and he had all of this potential and all of this position I remember when he came to me one uh, Saturday and he said brother Chris I believe God's calling me to preach and I knew God had been dealing with him about preaching but this is what he said. He said, Brother Chris, if I if, God, if I surrender to this, I know I can't play football anymore. And I even tried to say, well, Jacob, you could have such an influence if you kept playing football. He said, no, preacher, God's already dealt with my heart. Now, don't get mad. Football's, playing football's not sinful. Did I say that already? Right. Yep. That's not what Jacob meant, but it wasn't best. Yes. Yes. And Brother David, I watched that young man with no backing of his parents. I didn't push him. I'm not going to push a young person into something like that, Brother Bob. That has to be their decision. But I watched that young man get, get surrender to God, surrender to the call to preach, sell out to God, and he went in and he put it turned his football pads in. He went in, and I, I'll never forget, he started carrying gospel tracts every day to, uh, to, to, to school. And he set up these clubs, this Bible club in his high school. I'm talking about a young man, just 14, 15 years old, doing all this in a public school setting. So don't tell me that you can't serve God where you're at. Amen? And so he went in there, and and God was using him, and and he was giving out tracts, and people were mocking him because he quit football, and he had coaches coming and pulling him out of class, saying, please, please reconsider and come back to the team and all of this. And Jacob just kept... On going. Well, it wasn't too too long uh, to this uh, young Muslim boy was in his class, and he began. Jacob had tried to give him tracks often, and he would never take a gospel track. And if you're wondering what a gospel track is tonight, it's one of these down here. It's just got the plan of salvation. There's there's just it's just got the gospel in it. And he would carry those in his pocket. He said one day after several months of trying to give this young man, I'm trying to pull his name up in my mind, but my computer's not working. Amen. But this young man, he, uh, he started every day, he would go and pull, started pulling the track out of Jacob's pocket. Pulling the track out. He's a Muslim. He's not supposed to have that. Right. and and it wouldn't be but a couple of days later he'd pull another one out and Jacob started carrying on purpose started carrying different titles of traps and, he and brother Jonathan just kept on. He would, every every couple of days he would pull another track. Well, one one Thursday morning I'll never forget it. We walked into Bible club and it was my turn to preach. And they could bring preachers from the outside in because it was a student sanctioned event when he started this Bible club. And I'll never forget this young man, this young black fella. He was sitting on the front row beside Jacob, and Jacob was grinning from ear to ear. And we had not spoken that morning. And I got up to preach, and I preached on John three sixteen. I preached the gospel. And Miss June, in that setting, I can't give an altar call, but I can say if you would like to talk to me after after the club meeting, you can come and speak with me. And I'll never forget that young Muslim man coming and sitting on the on the steps at the at that uh, that banquet hall with me. And, and guess what? He said, "Preacher, I've been reading Jacob's tracts and I heard you preach what his tracts say." He said, "I need to be saved. Can, can a Muslim be saved?" That's what he asked me. He yes. said, "Can a Muslim be saved?" I I said you better believe he can and guess what that young man hey, he got saved by the good grace of God that day A young Muslim man got saved by the good grace of God all because one young man gave his position and his potential over to God amen so tonight I see are y'all with me still say amen I see in Matthew his potential because he was young I see in Luke his position because he was a ruler. But then in, verse, in our text, it says that he is rich. It says he's a rich young man. And I see his possessions. And he had so much opportunity to do with so much. God had given this man so much, so he was rich. But then we see his pedigree. He was a Jewish man. He was a Jewish man. Can I remind you that though potential is a good thing, it cannot save you. Position is a great thing, but it cannot save you. Possessions are a good thing, but they cannot save you. Right. Tonight, your pedigree, your family, your loved ones, they cannot save you tonight. We see the young man's description, but on the, a young person on the old path to hell, we see his description. But then in verse number 17, we see his display. The Bible says, and when he was gone forth into the way, talking about Jesus there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good Master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Now, let's think about this display. Brother, brother, brother Chase, here's this young man out of nowhere. He comes running in, sliding down on his knees and worshiping Christ. Now, let me just be honest with you all. When I see young people worship, I think, man, that God's doing something in their life. And, man, it just thrills my heart to see young people worship. We go to youth meetings, and we've seen it. They're, they'll start using the altar and things like that. Miss Share, that was what this young man looked like. Here he is. He's run up to Jesus. He's worshiping Him. And if we would have saw this, what would we have thought? Well, man, that's a godly young man. This is a Christian young man. Look at this young man. Look at all he's doing for God. Look at how he's serving God. Look at how he's worshiping God. But get this. Get this. Don't miss it. This young man had this great religious display. He run. He knelt at Christ's feet. He even calls him good master. He's offering up worship unto him. He was a very very zealous and clean young man. But let me say this, being religious and being zealous and worshiping God, even the Bible says, let everything that hath breath, praise the Lord. Uh, You don't have to be saved to praise God. Right. According to the Scriptures. Right. Let everything that hath breath praise you, Lord. You do not have to be saved to praise God. You just, the only requirement to praise God is breathing. Right. So this didn't. This is not what saved this. This this young man was not saved because of his religious display. And I'm afraid tonight we've got a lot of young people oh. and older people too. Yes. I've been in this town now for uh, three, two and a half weeks. Or no, is it more than that? Three weeks. Three weeks almost. We've almost been in this town three weeks. And what I've seen is the greatest stronghold I believe in this town's religious. Yes, sir. False religion. The idea that you can work your way to heaven or you can bat- get baptized to heaven or you can be, uh, 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 do some relig- have some religious gift and go to heaven. Tonight, for a young person, and older person alike, the display of your re- religion is not what will get you to heaven. Yeah. Worshiping God is not what will get you to heaven. Hey, being baptized is not salvation. I said it earlier in the week, but if baptism would save us, hey, John the Baptist was already baptized by water when he came. there would have been no need for Jesus to come and die on the cross. If baptism could save you why did Jesus have to die on the cross? And the answer is baptism cannot save you. We had a young lady sit here Sunday night and she told me about her baptism and how she was depending on her baptism to get her to heaven and as I opened the scriptures and went to to the Philippian jailer in Acts 16 and he said sirs what must I do to be saved? Paul didn't say be baptized no. He said "Believe." On the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. You know what happened? After he got saved, then he went and got baptized. Hey, we got this thing switched over. You hear me tonight. It is not in a religious display. It is not in how much religiosity you have tonight. Salvation is putting your faith in Christ Jesus for your salvation. Yes. I was over in Papua New Guinea, and I'm sorry I have my own stories. You've got stories too, so I have to tell my stories. Amen? (laughs) We were on the street one day, and Brother Samuel and I were there in Papua New Guinea. This was back in December of last year. And I'll never forget it. We went out one day and and, uh, preached on the street with with a bullhorn, and hundreds of people just gathered up. And I'm like, my goodness, I've been preaching on the street my whole life here. And most time, all you get is one half of the peace sign. If you all know what right. I'm saying, amen. Yeah. That's all you get when you preach on the street here. They're going to throw something at you. They're going to cuss at you. They're going to, uh, literally, they're going to, and, and church people with, with these nice church stickers will drive by and they'll put their nose up in the air and try their hardest to look the other way and still look at the road because it condemns them because they're not doing it. Come preach. Preach. Yeah. Yeah. And here's what happened. Brother Kirk, I'll never forget it. The next day, I I really felt burdened that we needed to go back out there, but we needed a sound system. They just could only hear so much with that. They call it a loud hailer. We call it a megaphone. So the next day, we took a sound system out there, ran a drop cord from the to, from the uh, the hardware store and this vacant lot with a trash pile, literally the size of this area of of chairs, about that tall, where people had just been piling their trash up. It was the only vacant lot. We went on the we parked the Land Cruiser that that missionary had. We we put the sound system on there, made us a canopy off the side of this. I'm talking about mobile church, hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. I, I, can't, I can't explain it 's one of the greatest days i 've ever experienced in my life, Brother David. We got up there at eight o 'clock and you got to understand we were in the we were in the western province, so we were in the jungle right at the equator with just a, a few a few miles i mean like forty or fifty miles south of the equator, hot direct sunlight. Brother Kirk, here we are, and we begin to preach at eight o'clock, and people begin to gather. We'd sing, and then somebody would preach, and I'd sing, and somebody would preach. My voice was shot; I, I sounded like—I mean, it was sounding horrible, Miss June. It sounds bad enough when my voice is good in condition, but it was really bad. i we would sing, and somebody would preach. And Miss Dixie, you saw the pictures and the videos. That day, the cops, the police had to keep coming by. They didn't get on to them, but they had to keep coming by and say, just step forward, just step forward on their, on their intercom because they were blocking the street, the main street. brother Mike they just kept gathering into that vacant lot standing I mean it was like they had circled us and and they got all around us brother Bob and I could see the tears rolling down their face here they stood for four hours in the the hot equator sun to hear the word of God preached and the tears were flowing down their faces and we would preach a little and sing a little and that went on for four hours finally at about 1230 brother Samuel was up preaching he's not here tonight he's sick but uh, brother Samuel was up preaching and the power of God was real that day and you could see God working on people and I'll never forget this we, I I didn't how do you give a how do you give an invitation on a vacant lot next to a trash pile in the middle of town? How do you do that? We didn't have we didn't have a choir we didn't have a piano. Oh, but God was giving the invitation, so we didn't have to. Amen. And brother Bob, glory to God. I remember uh, we said that this is just how we got we did it. We got in the microphone and we said, "If you need to be saved, if, if you're tired of your religion and tired of the trusting in and what's." preacher said and not what the Bible said. If you're tired of being just depending on baptism or good words and you really want to be saved today, would you just come see us? And we went after that. We started handing out tracts in the crowd and we had five men standing up there and Brother Brother David, they started lining up behind us like we was at, at some theme park like they was about to get on a ride and they would stand there and wait their turn like this and just weep and weep. I'll never forget one young man. His name was Frank about my age he walks up very clean cut especially for that part of the world very well-dressed and I'll never forget Frank walks up to me and he says Mr. Hewitt he said I I, I was down the road and and somebody walked up to me and told me that there was two Americans that were preaching about being born again and I had to come hear about that he said I've always thought being born again he said see I'm I'm the worship leader down at the Pentecostal church he said that's what I thought being born again was he said I thought if I led worship and I was baptized and I did good works that that was what being born again was. He said, but I listened to the preaching today. He said, God pricked my heart and he said, I need to be born again. I know what I have. Is it that display of religion? He said, I know it's not salvation. He said, can you show me how to be born again? I took my Bible brother Jonathan. We went and got in the back of the Land Cruiser out of the sun. I showed him about being born again right out of John 3 and that worship leader, that man had been baptized. That man that was doing everything he could for the name of God he got born again and saved by the good grace of God your religious display cannot save you it cannot if if being religious could save us Jesus died in vain Jesus died in vain Titus 3 says it's not by works of righteousness which we have done but according to his mercy, he has saved us. So tonight I see the description of this young man. I see this, the display of this young man, but then I see the desire. Look at verse 17 again, the last part. What shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And here's the problem with that. Well, let's say the good let's talk about the good stuff first. He wanted the right thing. Yes. That's right. He had the right desire. That young lady that got saved right there Sunday night, she honestly fervently believed that her baptism was good enough to get her to heaven, and she really, she really believed that, and she wanted that to be true. She wanted salvation. The other one that ended up not getting saved, but she, God's still dealing with her, uh, Brother Brian, she, you remember, she, she said, I, I asked her, I said, young lady, have you ever been saved? And she said, no, but I want to be. Amen. Right. But having the desire is not salvation. That's right. Matter of fact, this young man's very arrogant in what he asked. First of all, he asked what he could do. Here's what you can—you can do nothing in your own power to be saved. You can do nothing within your own power to be saved. And the second thing, he look how he says it. He said that I may inherit. Now, an inheritance. See. An inheritance is something you deserve. Right, right. Is that right? Yeah. Now, when, when my dad dies, I mean, I told you all the other night, my, my family's not, they don't have enough money to get me out of Dollar General. Amen? Right. Uh, but when my dad dies, I may get some bills and a few, few nice pocket knives and a bunch of junk in his study. Amen? My dad is an a antique collector. Amen? It looks like Cracker Barrel threw up in my dad's study. Amen? <coughs> But I'll inherit something from him one day because I'm his son. He feels as though I deserve that because I am his son. This young man, he came up with the wrong attitude. He had the right desire. But Brother David... He had the wrong attitude. He was wanting to know what he could do in his own strength. He was—he thought he deserved it. Let me tell you something. Mamas, daddies, young person, grandma, grandpa, me included, Brother Bob, Brother Brian included tonight. There's nothing none of us can do to be saved. There's nothing we can do within our, let me say it, within our own power to be saved. And you hear me and hear me well. We sure don't deserve to be yeah, saved. True. Amen. Amen. Oh, we like sheep have gone astray and turned everyone his own way. Hey, we let the Lord have laid upon him the iniquity of us all. Hey, we're sinners tonight. We're nothing but hey, we're nothing but dirt tonight. Amen. We are the dust of the earth tonight. Hey, we don't deserve the mercy of God. We don't deserve the breath in our lungs tonight. Oh, but I'm glad that he's given us one more chance to preach the gospel. I'm glad he's given you that have never been saved one yes. more opportunity to hear the gospel, though we don't deserve it. I'm glad. The Bible said in 1 Timothy 1.15, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Paul said, of whom I am chief. Amen. Right. Jesus Christ came. Came to save sinners. Amen. Yes, amen. He came to save sinners. This man didn't want, want to see himself as a sinner. That's right. That's right. And until you're willing to see yourself a sinner, you'll not get saved either. You'll not That's get God. saved either. That's right. I see tonight a young person on the old path to hell. I see the description. I see the display. I see his desire. And again, I say all his display... His description, His desire, they were all right. But that's not what saves a man or a woman. Point number four, I see His devotion. Would you look at verses 19 and 20 with me? Thou knowest the commandments. This is Jesus speaking. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. uh, Defraud not. Honor thy father and mother. And look what He said. And he answered and said unto him, "Master, all these I observe have I observed from my youth. I want you to look this way tonight. We see his description, his display, his desire, but here we see his devotion. Jesus Jesus is getting to the heart of the matter, by the way. See, when we're dealing with a sinner, we can't see what's going on in their heart and in their mind, but Jesus could. He's God. Let me say this tonight. If you notice, Jesus gives six of the Ten Commandments. Now, there are 613 laws, but He's dealing with the Decalogue here. What we know is the Ten Commandments. Jesus gives six out of the ten to this young man. Now, why is that? And here's the answer. Brother Jonathan, he only gave the six that dealt between that young man and his relationship to other people. Yeah, that's, right. that's right. He left, there's four more. And all of the other four have to deal with that young man's relation between him and God. Right. Right. And Brother Kirk, this young man, he said, All these have I kept from my youth. And you know what? Jesus didn't disagree with him. That's right. You'll not find in the text or Matthew right. or Luke's Gospels right. where Jesus disagreed with this young man. So this young man literally was keeping these six out of the ten, but there was one that he there was four that he was missing, and every one of them had to do between him and God. Yeah. You say, brother Chris, what are you trying to say? This young man had self righteousness. Hey, this young man had money, but he did not have God. Right. This was a good young man, a clean young man. But being good and clean does not mean saved and sanctified. That's right. Our righteousness is as filthy rags in the sight of God. The very best, I cannot say this enough, the very best we can do, the very best this young man could do was not enough to take him to heaven. Right. Somebody said, Well, he's keeping the law. The Bible says in James 2, if, uh, if any man, or James, yeah, James 2, he said, If a man keep the whole law and offend in one point, he's guilty of all of them. Now, there, in the law, it says, Thou shalt not lie. How many of y'all have ever told a lie? Would you raise your hand? If you're not raising your hand, liar, liar, pants on fire. Amen. Yeah, you say, Well, I don't know about that, Brother Chris. I do. Because my little boy, who has no conscience, who's just a year old, when he wants to be picked up, he's dry, he's fed, but he'll lay there and cry until mama comes and picks him up. And as soon as she picks him up, he quits. I mean, it's like there's a switch. Boom! All right. All right. You know what that little boy just did? Hey, it's all right, fellas. It's all right. You know what that little boy, my little boy just did? He lied. He lied. Have any of you mothers ever experienced that lying? And you know what that means? That means that tonight we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. See, you were born a sinner. I was born a sinner. And tonight we choose to be sinners. Because of Adam, one man's sin entered into the world and death by sin. Tonight, every one of us was born into iniquity, and the Bible says, "By in in iniquity, my mother did conceive me." And here's what I can't I can't stress it enough. There is just go ahead and turn that speaker off. It's 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 disrupting it. Hurry, real quick. I want to say tonight that we, no matter how devoted we are to God, if we're not saved, it is not enough to take you to heaven. Amen. There's no law you can keep. There's no goodness you can do. There's no work you can do. Devotion to God is not salvation. This young man refused to admit that he was a sinner. I see his description. I see his display. I see his desire. I see his devotion. But lastly, we see his decision. Would you look in verses 21 and 22? Then Jesus, beholding him, look at this, loved him. Wow! I want that to settle in. Yes. Here, here. Let me, let me put it this way. Jesus knew because Jesus is God and He's omniscient. Jesus knew what the end of this story was going to be. That's right. right. That's right. Look up in here. There's a group out there that will tell you that God sends some people to hell and God sends some people to heaven and He picks and chooses and He hates those that He sends to hell and He only loves those that He he saves. You look up here at me. This young man rejected Christ. Christ knew He was going to reject Him because He's God and He still loved Him. Then Jesus beholding Him loved Him and said unto Him, One thing thou lackest, Go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross, and follow me. Look what he said. This is the decision. And he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. Tonight, I want us to notice his decision. Now, Jesus loved this young man, and then Jesus shows him the way to salvation. Now, let me, let me, let me, there's a lot of people that will take this story and, and misinterpret it and make their own little doctrine of salvation. Salvation has always been and always will be repentance and faith in what God has said. Amen. Amen. A repentance is not. A work, it's ceasing from works. Right. It's turning. The, the only sin, and don't fall out with me, but the only sin you have to repent of in order to get saved is the sin of unbelief. That's it. Amen. That's right. It is the sin of unbelief that a man turns from. All right, is everybody with me? Yeah. You say, well, I can't quit drinking, so I can't get saved. No, if you'll get saved, repent of your unbelief, and get saved, put your faith in Christ, and get saved, you won't have to quit drinking. He'll quit drinking for you. Yes, Amen. Amen there's living proof of that right there. am I is that all right me saying that there's living proof of that right there. Now hear me, we all know that if I if you go and sell all your stuff tonight and give it away that's not salvation. Is that right? Amen. And Jesus wasn't wrong here but Jesus was getting to the heart of the matter. remember he left four commandments out the four between him and God. See, he had a God. He, God said, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Right, Brother Mike, this young man had a God that was before God. And you know what it was? It was money. Right. This young man had a graven image that he was worshiping. Yes, It had the image of Caesar on it. Yes. Right. You know what? Tonight... Our idols in America are not made with hands anymore. They're made with hearts. I know very few people that this worship in a wooden statue. There's a lot of people that are worshiping a a football or a baseball or a sports icon or the greatest god in America. Right. right there. Right. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. See, the issue was not, this young man, it wasn't go sell all your stuff and it makes you good enough to, to, to get saved. No, that Christ was putting his finger on the problem in this young man's heart. And the problem was is that he had something he loved more than God. He had something in his pocket that he wanted more than God and that was his money. And Brother Jonathan, because of his unwillingness to repent, to turn away from that God in his life, to turn away from what he loves so much and turned towards Christ for salvation. Brother David and because of that he went away grieved and sad. He went away in worse shape than he came and tonight let me remind you tonight salvation is not in a work. It's not in going and selling but tonight the issue is a hard issue tonight. What would you rather have than Jesus tonight? What are you depending on? What are you holding on to that you'd rather have than Jesus us tonight I promise you this if God is dealing with you if you, experience, you are an older young person alike if you're experiencing that condemnation tonight it's not brother Chris condemning you it's the Holy Ghost of God condemning you and tonight it's not its not if you leave here and you would rather have your sin or you would rather have your religious work or you would rather have your good time and I have Christ oh friend you'll leave out of here in much worse shape than you came in Hey, can I tell you, there's nothing better than being saved. There's nothing better. I'm a young man tonight. I'm thankful for my youth. I'm 30 years old. I've rolled the bulls. I've sang the music. I've, I've, I've chased my dream by the ball. Oh, but can I say tonight, there's nothing I'd, be, I'd rather be doing than preaching under a tent, sweating myself to death, losing my voice, preaching the word of God to a bunch of young people tonight. There's nothing better in this world and being saved and serving Jesus, amen. Hallelujah Hallelujah to God, amen. And sinner friend, you don't know what you're missing. And until you're willing to see yourself as that sinner, until you're willing to say, hey, what I've got's not enough and spiritually give all you have and put your faith in Christ, you'll leave out of here what did he say? He was sad at the saying and went away grieved. Right, right. Friend of mine, you better get saved. I used this illustration last week, but I'm going to use it again. Say, I was out in the sea drowning, I went overboard. And Brother Mike, I, I, I'm, I, all, that's, all that's keeping me saved or keeping me alive is my doggy paddling. Y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about, doggy paddling. Y'all might call it something up here different, up here in Indiana. But I'm, I'm trying to stay afloat. And how many of y'all know, I, I mean, I'm not going to be able to do that but for so long. Eventually the waves are going to keep coming over and, and, and I'm going to get worn out. I don't have anything to hold on to, Miss June. I'm just out there doggy paddling. And I'm going to have to keep holding my breath longer and it's going to get harder and harder and harder alright it's just a little rain watch me y'all young people I'm out there and I'm going under deeper every time I'm I'm, I'm staying under longer every time and I'm just fighting and all of a sudden brother Bob comes by and the USS Baptist Tabernacle amen a boat and he has a let's pretend this is a life ring have y'all ever seen life rings before and it says grace on it and he hollers out Chris I'm going to throw you this grace. And if you'll just grab a hold to that grace, it'll save you. Oh, can I tell you tonight, as long as I'm still paddling, as long as I'm still trying to keep myself afloat, as long as I'm still trying to save myself, I cannot be saved by that grace. But the moment that I'm willing to quit paddling, to quit trying, to quit working, to quit striving and put my faith completely and wholly in grace. Then and only then can I be saved by that grace. Hey, that's the same way salvation is tonight. Sinner, you're trying all you can to save yourself. But if you'll just quit trying, quit telling that's repentance and put your faith in the grace of God tonight, you can be saved, Amen. amen. You can be saved. Tonight I want Miss Bethany to come to the piano, please. This young man, he had the right description. He had the right display. He had the right desire. He had the wrong the right devotion. But he made the wrong decision. I want Miss Brother Bob and Miss June, if you will, to come. Tonight, don't leave out of here making the wrong decision. Tonight, are you willing to turn and put your faith in Christ? I sat here the other night and I went through.